Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 226. Look at Acts chapter 6, verses 7 through 15. Let's read our passage. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from some members of the Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, and they began to argue with Stephen. But they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes. So they came, seized him, and took him to the Sanhedrin. They also presented false witnesses who said, This man never stops speaking against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Well, this follows the episode of the Greek-speaking Christians versus the Jewish-speaking Christians having the, having the problem with the, the widows not being fed and the, the choosing of the seven. And part of the episode of the choosing of the seven was to show that there were st- still problems with the early church and how it was solved, but it was also to introduce Stephen. Because here we see Stephen. So it begins verse 7 with, so the word of God spread. Well, because there's now peace in the church. There had been a, a rift, and rifts in churches always impact the mission of the church, always impact the faithfulness of the church, always impact the witness of the church. So the rift has been healed, and the word of God spreads. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number. And a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, this is significant. Now, even priests are becoming Christians. Verse 8, Now, Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. When we saw Stephen earlier, back in verse 5, he was described as full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Here he's described as full of grace and power. I don't think there's any difference in Stephen from then to now. It's just different ways of describing him. But specifically, I think he uses power specifically because he also says he was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Now noteworthy, Stephen is the first person other than the apostles to be described as actually performing miracles. But here he is. Stephen is performing wonders and signs among the people. And he's getting attention. In verse 9, opposition arose, however, from some members of the Freedmen's Synagogue. Now, we talked earlier about the, uh, the difference between the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebraic Jews. The Hebraic Jews were uh, natives of Jerusalem and spoke Hebrew, and their synagogues worshipped in Hebrew, where the Hellenistic Jews are people who've grown up away from Jerusalem, have moved to Jerusalem, and Greek is their native language, and their synagogues, Greek is spoken. And that seems to be this um, synagogue, the Freedman Synagogue. And it's 
He says it was, it's composed of both Cyrenians, Alexandrians, some from Cilicia and Asia. So people from far off places who've immigrated to Jerusalem. And this is their synagogue. Now, Freedmen's Synagogue implies that either these are people who were former slaves or they're descendants of former slaves, that uh, people were free from slavery, they formed their synagogue, and, and you know, you grow up in that synagogue, you, you stay there. But this is where Stephen, and we know Stephen is a uh, Hellenistic Jew himself. That's why he was one of the seven chose to take care of the problem with the feeding of the, the Greek widows. So they begin to argue with Stephen, but they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Well, we know he's full of the Holy Spirit. Back in verse 5, we were told that. So he is uh, proclaiming the gospel. He is teaching and preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, and people want to argue with him, but they can't. They can't withstand his argument for the gospel. He's under the uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, so you can't stand up against that. So what do you do when you can't win an argument? You cheat. Verse 11, then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. So they've got people to lie, to make false accusations against Stephen. This guy is speaking blasphemy. Now, some of it is probably rooted in a degree of truth that he's saying things like, it's not by following the law that you earn favor with God. You're still a sinner. What you need is grace. You need salvation through Jesus Christ. And that's what he's preaching. But they say, okay, he's preaching against the law. Verse 12, they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes. So they came and seized him and took him to the Sanhedrin. So it kind of describes everybody, the people, the elders, the scribes. The the scribes would be Pharisees, the elders, probably the the Sadducees, the people, just the people at large. Because people don't take to this sort of thing when you're speaking against their religion. And some people think maybe the Hellenistic Jews are less pious than the Hebraic Jews, but actually... The, uh, the people that immigrated to Jerusalem, they did so because of their high regard for Jerusalem as the holy city. And they tended to be actually a little more nationalistic towards Israel than even those who grew up in Israel. So they're not going to take to this lightly. There's a whole uproar amongst everybody. And so they seize him and take him to the Sanhedrin, the ruling body, the council. Verse 13, they also presented false witnesses who said, this man never stops speaking against this holy place and the law. So they have more false witnesses. They had people making accusations in the synagogue. Here it's actually false witnesses. So it's actually speaking of a trial. He brought on trial before the Sanhedrin accused of blasphemy. And they bring false witnesses to say he never stops speaking against this holy place, so speaking against the temple, which would be the equivalent of speaking against God, because the temple is God's place, where God's business is done, and speaking against the law. Well, before he was accused of speaking against Moses. So to speak against the law, speak against Moses is, is interchangeable. Now they give specifics in verse 14. For we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, 
and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. Well, part of that was an accusation leveled against Jesus that he said he would destroy the temple. Well, we don't see any record of Jesus saying anything like that. What he did say is, if you tear this place down, I will rebuild it, speaking of the, his own resurrection. But they're using a similar charge against Stephen here, that he's speaking about this Jesus who says he's going to tear down the temple and change the customs that Moses gave. What is Stephen actually saying? We don't know. We're not told exactly what he's saying. We'll see his defense in the next several episodes. But he is saying there is no salvation in the customs handed down through Moses. There's salvation only in faith in Jesus Christ. Now, he's being accused of terrible things, being accused of things that they will ultimately kill him over. But, verse 15, And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. We're told he looked like an angel, but we're not told what that actually looks like. What does the face of an angel look like? And we often think of some little cherub thing. He just looks so cute and innocent. Well, angels can be pretty ferocious at times. So we really don't know exactly what he means by that. Does he just mean that he looks confident, knowing that he's standing in the truth, fearless? We don't know. But that's how he's described as he doesn't look afraid. He doesn't look vindictive. He looks like an angel, confident in the truth. This is where we first have real public opposition to the faith. It's been from the leaders prior to this, where they were specifically the Sadducees didn't like the idea of this preaching about the resurrection. So Peter and John were brought in and ordered not to do it anymore. Then all the apostles were brought in and flogged and told not to do it anymore. Now Stephen is brought in, and he'll end up actually being executed. So we're seeing a, a, a ratcheting up of the opposition against the early church. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.